0: or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. As principal coach and CEO of Vibrant Coaching and Consulting, Nicole Greer helps individuals, corporations, governments, faith based organizations, and nonprofits become the people they were created to be through fulfilling a mission to work in teams and exemplify vibrant leadership. Using transformational change leadership coaching, and training programs, Nicole offers foundational tools and uncommon wisdom to build a vibrant culture. Nicole is an entrepreneur with experience in coaching, marketing, mastering first impressions, learning and development, and sales. Nicole is also a speaker, trainer, facilitator, executive, and business coach, and also, I believe, a podcast host. Welcome, Nicole.
1: Hey, how are you, Ed? I'm delighted to hang out with you.
0: I am thrilled that you are here, and I have a couple of questions about your bio, but before I get there, what else can you tell us about yourself in respect to how you are currently interacting in the marketplace?
1: Yeah, so the number one thing that I do is I speak at conferences. One of the things I absolutely love is getting a room full of people and introducing them to new ideas and helping them uh, think about how their future might be quote unquote more vibrant, meaning full of energy, full of strategy and getting stuff done. So uh, I am definitely doing that. I've, I've actually got a couple of talks coming up here in the near future. One, I'm really excited. I'm gonna be talking to an organization and we're going to be out in Las Vegas. So I've got that on the horizon. And then the other thing that I do is I go inside of organizations and it's usually a combination of all the things that you just rattled off on my bio. You know, I'll go in, I'll start with a, maybe perhaps a executive coaching um, situation. I'll start working with senior leaders. And then before you know it, we brainstorm up all sorts of ideas to bring in training and to, um, you know, work on strategy, maybe do a strategic planning session and things like that. So I really try to provide a facilitation of moving the needle on the things that an organization wants to get done.
0: Fantastic. And you know, uh, Vegas is a city of trouble. So, you know, (laughs)
1: best
0: behavior there.
1: I know I really, I, I need, a, I need a chaperone, I think, if I go out there, but I'm going to try to be, <laughs> behave myself. Yeah. And it's so funny. I'm going to go to one of the, the funnest, uh, most iconic cities in the world. But guess who I'm talking to? I'm going to be talking to the Rural Broadband Association. So, uh, I think it's, it's kind of tongue in cheek and funny. But anyway, so they're, they're fantastic people and we're all excited about going and meeting up out there. Uh, I'm going to be talking about getting lit which means uh, we're going to learn about leadership, integrity, and transformation, because that's really what every organization needs to focus on. We need need leaders in place. We need to be great people of character. And we've got to look at what changes are on the horizon. We can't just pretend like change is not going to happen. I mean, we got to be very proactive.
0: Yeah. And really, regardless of what organization you are a member of, or what your role is, those activities are always going to be true. It's also kind of an interesting name. Rural broadband almost sounds like a contradiction of terms, but that's uh, right. you know even though even those people have to deal with change and challenges and leadership like anyone else.
1: A hundred percent. yeah. so these are some fine folks that figure out you know how to get the Wi-Fi signal in the middle of nowhere. you know get make sure you get your Netflix. So this is all very important very important things that need to be done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hear you. Hey, in your bio, you talk about something that I want to spend a few minutes on, which is mastering first impressions. And when we think about being brave at work, uh, we always encourage people to ensure they have a good relationship with the person that they want to be brave with. And if they need to tell a boss something that the boss needs to hear in order to be a more effective leader, and it takes bravery to do it, it's so important that you have a great relationship. And a lot of people would say that great relationships start with the first impression. So could you tell us a little bit more about the work that you do and why that is something that's important?
1: Absolutely. Well, I'll start out with this, Ed. Let me ask you a question. The question is, can you not have a first impression? What do you think?
0: Uh, no you cannot have uh, uh, I mean not, not have negative but you always <laughs> have a first impression Let
1: that's exactly that right yeah that's exactly right and I think sometimes you know we're not we're not tuned into that idea I mean like you have to make a good first impression because if you don't you spend a lot of time energy, overcoming that first impression. So really having a consciousness about the fact that the first time you meet somebody, you want them to think, this is a good person. This is the kind of person I want to work with. That just sets everything on a great trajectory. Uh, and so that you're moving upward instead of trying to get out of some hole you just created. So you know, mastering first impressions is important. And uh, the reason that's in my bio is because somebody told that to me uh, I did an exercise with a coach one time because I'm a coach and every coach should have a coach or they're a hypocrite. Okay, Ed, so that's important. <laughs> but uh, so I I had a coach and they said, I want you to survey the people you work with and I want you to ask them what you're really good at, because sometimes you d- you don't know what you're good at. You're so close to it. You just do it so naturally that you don't realize it's a thing. And so somebody wrote that on my r- return response is like, oh, Nicole is a master of first impressions. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to own that. And so since then, I've been telling people about that. So I do a lot of work um, with personality, and I'm certified in various sundry assessments. But one of the things that that they do in that personality work is they'll say, oh, you're this type. You're this type of person. And I think that's true. There are types and there are um, little categories that we fit into. um, And we all have different strengths. But in business and in life, um, you have to be the kind of person that can put on a smile uh, can, you know, put their hand out there, uh, maybe post or pre COVID, put your hand out there, you know, and shake somebody's hand appropriately and, and be able to do a very, very important thing, which is build rapport. Because once I build rapport, then I can be brave to your point. You know, if I don't have good rapport with my boss, I mean, I'm not going to give the guy or gal feedback, you know? <laughs> um, and I may get feedback in, in a fashion, that I don't want it in, you know. It's like I, we've all had bosses who, uh, who you know, didn't. Re- we felt they didn't really care about us. Didn't demonstrate that. And then we've had bosses who we felt really cared about us. And see that building rapport and that mastering first impressions is giving off the vibe I care. And so it requires the smile, the listening, the curiosity, um, and the managing of that first you know, interaction. So the person walks away and says, Oh, I really like her. You know, likability is a character trait.
0: Absolutely. And you're touching on so many important topics for our listeners in respect to being brave at work, because it really starts before you have to be brave. Uh, Mm -hmm. You don't start the first, you don't start the great relationship at the moment. You want to be brave with the person. You want to ensure that you have a great first impression. So, the first thing I wanted to observe is this, the importance of really uh, ensuring that you are very present with your first impressions. And coincidentally, Nicole, uh, in my first book, Raise Your Visibility and Value, I list seven visibility accelerators. And the first one is introduce yourself, because I strongly believe that we have, in some ways, lost the presence of meeting people for the first time and ensuring that we are presenting ourselves very effectively. To build rapport with that person. I started thinking that way many, many years ago when my wife and I were invited to a soccer parent meeting at somebody's house. So my younger daughter was on the soccer team. They wanted to get all the parents together. Uh, we went into the house. Nobody welcomed us. We weren't even sure who the owners of the house were.
1: Oh, and it was it's just crazy. Awkward.
0: And, you know, if it was at our house, you know, we would have ensured that we answered the door and introduced ourselves. And so I, I felt in many ways that we've kind of lost this ability. And I say that very generally, because it's not true for everyone, but no lost this ability to really master first impressions.
1: Yeah. And your example is so good, because where my mind went when you were telling the story is like the another trait is hospitality, being able to demonstrate hospitality and and so you know like when i think about somebody coming to my home like you said i would answer the door i would introduce myself you, knowing ed everybody you know he'd probably like we have drinks over here and there's a couple appetizers laid out or you know whatever you know and, mm-hmm. and so i think that that's also um very important if you take that same story and you apply it to business i mean i don't i could tell you various sundry businesses I go to um and they they don't provide any hospitality and you go somewhere that where they actually say can I get you a cup of coffee would you like a bottle of water you're like well I would like a bottle of water that would be fantastic you know it you know making people feel again it, it goes back to the word care you know I care enough to introduce myself. I care enough to make you feel comfortable. I care enough to make eye contact, to shake your hand, to slow down, to, and I liked your word, um, create a presence with somebody, you know? Um, and and uh, there's this old, old book called Think and Grow Rich. And I love in there where Napoleon Hill says, between two people is ether. That's how he says it in the book. And, and he's right. You know, when Nicole gives off a vibration... Uh, It goes into the air and there's molecules between me and this other person. And like people know, like friend or foe, you know, and we, of course we have our, you know, our fight, flight, freeze, deflect, uh, you know, going on in the part of our brain called the amygdala, you know, that is also, you know, just inborn in everybody. We all have that. And uh, you've got to make people know your friend, not foe. So they don't want to flee. (laughs) <laughs> you know, or, or 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 fight with you, or whatever. Um, so I think I think mastering first impressions is it's part of your executive presence, part of your professionalism. It's just essential.
0: And so, why do you think? And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but so why do you think this isn't clear to everyone? You would think there would be a college course on ensuring that you master your first impression, or you would think when you were starting at a company. That you would always be, at least in the first 30 to 60 days, ensuring everybody you meet, you have a really good, present-focused first impression. And yet, it doesn't seem to happen. People don't know how to introduce themselves. They don't always come across as confident. Uh, You know, it's just not something I think many people do. I will tell you that when someone is that way, I notice it. Right? You can notice they're confident. Mm -hmm. You can notice... Their desire to have a good first impression—you can notice the fact that you want—they want you to think highly of them. You know, why do you think so many people don't do this?
1: Well, I think I've got three things I'll share with you—more <laughs> than you bargained for. Um, so I think—I think <laughs> one, on. yeah. So I think one is, um, well, actually, Ed, I'll have sometimes leaders say to me, you know, like I don't think their parents raised them right. You know, like when they're talking about how an employee will behave or something. And, of course, employees would also say that about their leaders, right? I don't think his, you know, his mama raised him right. But I do think that that is part of it. Um, and, you know, as you come up, you know, your parents emphasize different principles or philosophy as you kind of move into the world. And, um, you know, I was really, really lucky. My dad was in retail his whole life and so he and you know retail today is not like it was 30 years ago and you know when my dad ran the Franklin Simon uh, women's boutique in St. Louis, Missouri I went to school I went to school I went to work with him on Saturdays and people would walk in the door and he'd be like, Susan, like he knew the women that bought from him by first name. And he'd be like, hi, honey, how are you? And back then you could call women, honey. And so he, you know, and he would talk to them and he would greet them and he would roll out the red carpet for them. And and then he would say, Nicole, this is Susan. And like, he had already coached me, you know. When we go in here and you're at work with me today, you're going to say hello. You're going to say, yes, ma'am. You're going to be quiet when I give you the look. I mean, like I got all these instructions on how to behave. And, um, I was really blessed that way. And so not everybody gets such good training coming up. I just got lucky. And so again, leaders and, um, and those of us listening to this, you know, those listening to this podcast, like you may, you may just not have been taught this and the value of it, but I will tell you, my dad made a lot of money, um, in commissions and things like that. And he would tell me things like that. He taught me about business and, um, you know, you got to know the why. So that's the second thing. Well, you know, why, why go to all this trouble? Why be nice? Why make a good first impression? Well, here, here's the truth of the matter. Um, when you, uh, are easy to get along with and likable, you're going to get ahead. That's just the way it is. And, um, there's this, this thing now they, they call it. You've heard of this before, Ed, and many of you listeners, but there's this big, you know, talk about emotional intelligence, right? It's been going on for about 15 years now, uh, since Goldman wrote the book, you know, based on the the information he got from these scientists, but emotional intelligence talks about four buckets. And one of them is self-management or self-awareness. The next one is self-management. The third one is social awareness. That's the one I want you to remember, social awareness. And then the fourth one is relationship management. So if you study the part of emotional intelligence around social awareness, it, 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 it's scientifically proven <laughs> that if you have social awareness, like have you ever been in a room, Ed, where you, you noticed that somebody was, was being left out of the conversation? Have you ever been in that room?
0: Yes. Yep, Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Right. And so you it, it's back to what I was saying about Napoleon Hill. It's kind of like it's in the ether. You you just feel it. You're like, oh, wait. And you look up and Susan's in the corner and nobody's bringing her into the conversation. And because Ed has that social awareness, he goes, hey, everybody, hold on a second. Hey, I'm, hold on. I'm, let me slow us down for a second. I want to make sure uh, I want to get Susan's opinion. Susan, what are you thinking? You, you've got that look on your face like you, you've got an idea you know, and Susan may go, no, I'm good. Or she might go, you know, she might be thinking, thank goodness, Ed said something, (laughs) you know? Um, so, you know, that's, that's maybe not a first impression, but like, it might be an impression of Ed as a leader, you know, like, oh gosh, he, he picked up on the fact that I had an idea and I couldn't get a word in edgewise because these other two were, you know, mouthing off so much or whatever, you know, they wouldn't let me say anything. So, so really having the, social awareness so that you can manage that relationship with Susan. And then of course, you know, Ed has to, you know, have self-awareness, manage himself really well as well. So I'd say that's number, that's number two, the why and that kind of goes with the emotional intelligence. You got, you got to demonstrate that. Um, And then I think the third thing about why people uh, don't do it is because we don't make it a norm, in our organization, so um, I'm an OD person, which stands for Organization Development. That's kind of my little sweet spot. And one of the things I learned um, when I when I studied OD, Organization Development, is that you know, think about it. We can say this is how we behave around here, and um, you know, so one of the things we do is we have internal customer service, um, and that means. That we take really good care of each other in here so that when we go out there to serve our customer or our client or our member or our stakeholder, um, we feel really good about things because we're all taking care of each other inside of here. And don't forget, I keep pointing back to the word care. So, you know, when you get onboarded into your company, it's like, no, we take care of people, we listen to them, we make sure everybody's included in the conversation, we practice emotional intelligence. Those are all group norms that you can kind of train and develop inside your organization. So I don't think we're intentional about it would be number three. So you can be you can put group norms in place.
0: Well, fantastic lessons for all of our listeners, Nicole. I just want to recap it so folks can think about and reflect on what they've heard today. Uh, The importance of a first impression is critical. And to your point, we are always making first impressions with anyone we're meeting for the first time. And first impressions are needed so that you can have good rapport. And good rapport is critical to being brave at work. You're more likely to influence and get someone to listen to you if you have great rapport with them than somebody that you don't have. Great rapport with. And the key word that people need to think about is they need to care. They need to care about how they are seen. They need to care about how people think about them. They need to combat these external factors like a poor upbringing or it not being a norm in your family. They need to have high social awareness about the surrounding and people that they're with and the relationships that they're building, but really care and be present with folks that you are meeting. So, Nicole, thank you so much for your time today. If folks want to hear more about your business or your additional thoughts on Bravery at Work, how can they get in contact with you?
1: Yeah, I would love for you to just reach out through my website at www.vibrantcoaching.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Nicole. It was great speaking with you.
1: Yeah, you too. Thanks, Ed. I enjoyed it so much.
0: And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today, and we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and and download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963, or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com.